it is your part roundtable, part document. Wait, what? Part documentary, part roundtable podcast. Had a little stroke there. With just a sprinkling of competition, I'm your host Ellie Main, and joining me, as I have every week, is my good friend Chelsea. Wow, um, wow, wow, we're wow, wow. we're in person today. Yeah, it's an IRL situation. It really is. Before you came over today, yeah, uh, I was watching The Confession Killer on Netflix because I fancied some true crime, mm-hmm. um, and I was gonna do that, and then I remembered that we don't do true crime because right. she's already out there yeah but it's crazy it was about um this guy who confessed to killing like 300 or 300 women and then uh, like they after this huge in like in police interrogation he was like now nah, i made it up he was great great <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah, no, it was a journey. So he had, so they couldn't find evidence that he had killed even one person. He, they did. He did okay, commit he mat- one person. He killed mat- He did commit matricide. I see. And so, and they could get him on that one, but uh, all the other ones, not so much. So real wasted, well, waste of time for everyone involved. <laughs> well, that's fun. I feel like while you were watching that, I was literally watching the equal and opposite. Go on. Which was I started Ted Lasso. Oh yeah, that so is that, I- <laughs> that is the. A- Absolute antimatter to uh, true right, crime. Exactly. <laughs> Which, you know, I just I finally wanted to be in on what everybody's talking about. Yeah. And also like one of my favorite podcasts like had an episode, I think last week's episode, where they talked they were just talking about like absolutely unhinged like posts mm-hmm. that have like like what's that the thing that people say about Twitter where it's like every day someone is the mayor of Twitter and your goal on the website <laughs> is to never be it. Yes. Like he, they were talking about like epic like mayor of Twitter posts. Amazing. And one of them was about Ted Lasso. And it was a woman who, like, just for reasons that were, like, completely unclear, had got on, like, a multi-tweet thread about, look, I get it. The reason you don't like Ted Lasso... This was, like, to no one, right? Like, this wasn't, like, in reply to anything. You meaning sort of all Yeah. But, like, that's what makes it so confronting, right? Like, for me, as someone who, like, hasn't watched Ted Lasso yet, so, like, certainly is, like, not railing against it, but she's like, look, I get it. The reason why you don't like it. The reason why you don't like Ted Lasso is because you know Ted Lasso eats pussy, and, like, every character character on the show <laughs> eats pussy and you don't like to see a woman satisfied and it's like what are you talking about i and- did see something about the like men who go down on women because there is a lot of that in the show uh-huh. men who go down on women only are weak weak or like <laughs> there's like something wrong with them what is going <laughs> They're on like, what a display of like a, ba- a poor display of masculinity or something but yeah i when i heard that and i was like i was like pussy eating you say <laughs> i'm in <laughs> let's go ahead and get that show on the books uh so we watched the first two episodes and you know what pretty cute it is cute isn't it it's very so far awesome. so far pretty cute pretty cute uh but it's this a girl trial? boss two girl <gasps> boss on trial update yes tell Are you me ready? everything okay so theranos trial in full swing uh do we know yet if she did it yeah we already knew that she did yeah, she did do uh, it do we reals. know do we know if she's gonna go to prison no that's not that's for much We're later yeah yeah but so what have we learned? You might be wondering. Uh, <laughs> the answer is all of her texts got subpoenaed oh. and they seem to be reading them out loud just to embarrass her. Oh no. And because her texts are insane. Insane. No, oh. Ellie. Oh, really? Insane. Okay. Here's a text to between Elizabeth and Sunny Balwani. If you, who you remember oh, ran her lover. company and was her secret lover yeah. who was like 15 years older than her. Mm. She writes, <laughs> God, God, dude. Okay. Um, I'm going to read it like I'm not going to fix anything I'm just going to read it the way it's written okay Okay. you are the breeze in desert for me my water and ocean meant to be only together tiger (laughs) 
<laughs> so a slightly different kind of insane than I was thinking it was going to be. Meant to be only together, Tiger. Oh, yeah. Is there any punctuation? That's what, that's okay. So that's why I was trying to like, okay, so it's you are the breeze and desert for me, period. <laughs> New text. My water, period. New text. And ocean, period. New text. Meant to be only together, Tiger. Is Tiger his, like, pet name? It's not capitalized. Oh. And the rest (laughs) of the punctuation is correct. The grammar is not, but the punctuation is correct. So I wonder if it means, like, together they become a tiger (laughs) and they are the only one. I am the front half of your tiger. (laughs) Can you imagine? That's like a a fun game that Connor and I like to sometimes like indulge in. You know, like, I I don't know if you feel like this. We haven't talked about this. So now like I live with my significant other and we don't have any roommates anymore. And you live with- I know. It's, well, that part's gross. But like, and you live with your significant other and you guys don't have roommates. Well, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Cheese bowl counts. Well, sure. Well, that way Mamba counts. But like, you don't have any other verbal roommates. Right. So do you ever feel, do you ever like just like stop (laughs) and like look- at Miles and be like, we are becoming so weird. Like, there's no check on us, and we spend so much time together. <laughs> no, that, like, one we're no, no one is no one is in here to like do like social pressure to make us not weird, and we are just getting right. weirder and weirder <laughs> together, like more and more insular. And it's like almost I like a little gray garden. We had moments where it's like, if anyone wants to enter the room right now, right, or like listen to our conversation, they'd be like, what? <laughs> what are you just talking? <laughs> About. Oh yeah, I definitely like all the time, and like just like weird shorthand that like comes out of like spending all your time with somebody. Yeah, and so like <laughs> like one of the, like the kind of like more unhinged things that we do is like we will talk about like how funny it would be <laughs> if when we got married we did our vows and just like did these insane things. Yes, like like sometimes it's like something simple where it's just like yeah, like what if we read like the text back, to- like just like the Elizabeth Holmes texts, like as our vows. Do they have his? responses as well no um, well i'm trying to see if like there's another one that does that one didn't that that was a verge article that, that had be that in one his trial apparently she was she was trembling <laughs> when she was confronted with her texts because they're so insane she also just said like she sent one that just says and it does if if sunny responded to this it didn't it didn't uh wasn't part of the record i guess uh but she just said wow twilight is so relevant <laughs> Like a strong, like hardship. Oh Can right. we make that the tagline of our podcast? Oh yeah, Wow Twilight is so relevant. It should be Wow Titanic is so relevant. <laughs> wow. And then here's another really good one that she wrote again to Balwani because I guess maybe like they were able to subpoena and like submit the texts to prove that they were in a relationship, since that's one of the things that they lied about. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, I don't know. Business is all stupid, but I feel like I guess part of like what they're trying to like say is like, hey, if you're so soliciting like hundreds of millions of dollars from people yeah. you should let them know if like the person running your company is your boyfriend yeah. and like the fact that you wouldn't tell people that is like a conflict of interest that yeah. you purposefully hid it's not great so so anyways this is one of the texts <laughs> this is like absolutely the kind of like weird shit that like i would be like oh i'm gonna say this is my vows and just like wait for people to like nod politely <laughs> like it's just like, like uh, clap 
Okay, so she wrote this in 2014, which, if you remember, is like the absolute heyday yeah. of Theranos. My new life as of this night and forevermore, e- colon, colon and dash, which is powerful, colon, <laughs> dash, total confidence in myself, best business person of the year, dash, focus, dash, details excellence, dash, don't give what anyone thinks, dash, engage employees in meetings by stories and making it about them, i.e. prepare well. What? <laughs> so like, what are like you talking? Talking about <laughs> of a mad woman. Like honestly, these might just help her because, like, if her whole thing is like, I was so unhinged I was that I didn't my know, mind. yeah, that I didn't know this wouldn't work. Like, these support this. This isn't a well person. You're on and stupid. <laughs> no, it's just like oh, and then and then ten minutes had passed, and so, or like exactly ten minutes after she sent that text, yeah. that block, that like that novel. little wall. She she waited ten minutes and then she wrote back no response question mark <laughs> nothing to that. <laughs> No thoughts on that. No thoughts on the above. So wait, so you have absolutely no thoughts about how t- I have total confidence in myself, best business person of the year? Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. Wow. Focus, <laughs> details, excellence. Wow, Twilight's so relevant. Wow. And then he just wrote, this is like such like dude bro, like nothing bullshit. He just wrote back, awesome, period. You are listening and paying attention. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which like, what? incredible if like you were like holding hands with miles like crying like and you were like listen babe focus details excellence i am in my prime best business person of the year and he was like you're, you're listening. listening and paying attention and paying attention and then like <laughs> that is so weird <laughs> just like just like your dad in the front being like is this like an american is thing this, they do <laughs> doing over here what does this mean <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers that's fantastic i love that let oh, me give you do. one more please please do just because this one is absolutely first of all it's maybe like the most singularly grammatically correct thing that she sent uh-huh. because it's only one sentence and it also really harkens back to like a place perhaps that you and i both worked uh-huh. uh that's it's just just to show like all these people are the same they're all like the same kind of like grifter yeah. Uh, and they all have the same like brainworm disease <laughs> about themselves. It was when they were like they were going out to get like a new round of investors, and they were talking about like, the strategy. Uh, and Bawani wrote to to Elizabeth, uh, they like as in like like a reminder, like remember, like, yeah, they are not investing in our company; they are investing in our destiny. <laughs> oh no! So just think about that. I can report to you that Sunny Bawani did respond to the Ocean Desert. Oh, text. good. Okay, what was it? Well, she followed up her little poem with madly in love with you and your strength (laughs) and 15 minutes later he replied i'm tired today (laughs) spending so much time on bullshit and none on software or things that build our product so she like texted him this poem and he's like okay anyway i'm tired (laughs) anyway i'm tired things aren't going well over here (laughs) and we know about that absolutely bonks poor i mean i do feel a little bit i would be horrified if my text to anyone got subpoenaed oh yeah that's the worst thing i can imagine Josie, what's the title of your topic? Ooh, are you ready for this? I kind of am. Oh my god. The Lost City of Bronze. The Lost City of Bronze? You the... know I love a lost city. Oh, yeah. You're gonna be fucking holy shit. Oh my god. You know what I mean? Like, to put stuff. it as Elizabeth Wood, you're gonna be fucking holy shit. <laughs> you're gonna be fucking holy shit. Yeah. I am Tiger. <laughs> I am Tiger. And I am Tiger. We are together only Tiger. <laughs> only Tiger. So keep that in mind. Insane. Um... <laughs> 
Okay, so the Lost City of Bronze. Is it about El Dorado? Wait, that's that would gold. Be gold. No, it is that would be gold. Lost City of Bronze. Who loves bronze? Greece liked bronze. They made statues they out of it. They were into bronze. Well, because it was a bronze down. age. It was a bronze age. And you know, it wasn't just called that for fun. <laughs> there was a lot of bronze there around. Was, bronze was really important at that time. It was really big. Yeah, um, they were big into bronze. Big into bronze. And it's pretty. Why wouldn't you be? Would that be like? Is it like Vikings? No. Hmm. Is it? Is it jungle? Is it like South America jungle? No, it's not jungles. Oh, they have so many lost cities over there. Oh yeah, well yeah. Um, 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 did you know that most of the stone statues? This is a fact bank coming off the dome. Did you know right that off that dome. Most of the um, statues that we have from Greece were uh, copies of bronze ones that then got melted down for war efforts and stuff. I did not know that. I I had heard. Bronze I thought statues. you were going to say it was that a lot of them used to be painted. Oh yeah, also that. It was very rare to find a bronze one because they were usually melted. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Um, <sighs> Oh, is it? Are we talking like Europe, Mediterranean, that kind of vibe? Kind of, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, Europe's a big place. Yeah. As is the Mediterranean. And so is the, when you yeah. add the Mediterranean there, oh, <laughs> it's a big place. Lots of places. It's bigger. Um, ooh. Is it about like an adventure to find a lost city? There's a little bit of that in there. I love that. I mean, I think you're just going to be excited because when and if we're ever allowed back into Europe recreationally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we could, sure, sure. We can try to find it. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> My topic, which I was, I warned you is fairly macabre. Sure. Is called a pricey little snack. Uh-oh. <laughs> It's macabre and it's a snack. <laughs> I know. Ooh. Uh, I see little. It's not snack. about the Donner Party. No, the what? The Donner Party. No. Oh, that was another one of the. Just like as an example of what I was talking about earlier, where like Connor and I like are losing our minds slowly together alone. <laughs> yeah. uh, he doesn't like to be tickled, which like you know who does? Yeah. And it sucks. Uh, so a phrase that is like be, like starting to like really like catch fire uh, in the house. <laughs> it's really going viral in just our house between the two of you. <laughs> people is uh tickle connor he'll go donner meaning <laughs> he'll kill and eat you. <laughs> well now you have hit on something there though okay oh okay so this is about people who don't like to get tickled that's it that's, <laughs> that's the piece of the story that you got correct that's right look I, there was two parts of that phrase yeah and i was like i see where this i is know going. which one is gonna be which one it is. <laughs> um okay so it's about eating people it's about cannibalism Cannibalism does feature, yes. Is it about like eating skin? No. Uh, I got fooled by that TikTok story about the house whose wallpaper was skin. I didn't see that one. I do get the bone guy a lot. (laughs) Yeah. like, here's all my spines. It's like, okay. Okay, so it's spooky. It's a pricey snack. Mm. I mean, I am assuming that like if you were to try to eat human meat, it would be really expensive. Well, if you were like to go to a restaurant and all. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if there was, like, a, like, the weird, like, billionaire, like, you know how people, like, always joke, like, oh, yeah, billionaires are out there, like, hunting people for sport, or billionaires are out there, like, just, like, siphoning the blood of young people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, billionaires are out there, like, taking drugs made out of the fear of children. <laughs> like, I yep. guess, like, maybe out of all those, maybe the one that's, like, the most possible is that, like, billionaires with with nothing left to, like, be interested in anymore would be like, well, I want to, I want to eat a human and I'll pay whatever it costs. Interesting. Give it a flip reverse and you're on you're on the right right lines flip what part (laughs) we'll get there it's okay okay (laughs) do you know
know the story of what happened to Michael Rockefeller? No. <laughs> okay, well, you're about to. No. So Michael Rockefeller was born in 1938 and he was the youngest son of New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller off of the Rockefellers, John D. Rockefeller. Can we just all agree that like out of all the old school sort of like billionaire class, yeah. like uh, John Jacob Astor. Carnegie. Tarn- like, yeah, Carnegie, the Rockefellers. Rockefeller was the coolest last name to have. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, come on. Yeah. Also, he his fortune puts like Bezos to absolute shame. Yeah. Wow. Um, he was the when's probably that guy the- gonna get lost in space? You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, John D. Rockefeller was Michael Rockefeller's great grandfather. Okay. And he was the richest man who ever lived, supposedly. Although maybe it was Hansel Musa. But yeah, his personal wealth was estimated in 1913 at 900 million, <laughs> which was almost three percent of the U.S. GDP of <laughs> of that year. That was his his peak net worth, which is amounts to now, like adjusted for inflation, four hundred and twenty three billion dollars. So it's a lot because you know he got into that oil company, oil money, back in the like really good time to be in oil. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in the oil age, in the oil as it were. Age. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so Nelson Rockefeller, New York governor, thoroughly expected little Michael to follow him in his footsteps and, you know, help manage the vast business empire that is Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. But Michael was more of a quieter, artistic spirit, kind of like the guy in that awful show we were talking about earlier, Work of Art, who had to have a nap before every challenge. Oh, yeah, because he was just so sleepy when he made his art. <laughs> yeah, so he graduated from Harvard in 1960, and he was like, I don't want to be a businessman, boo. Yeah. I'm not doing that. But Nelson was like a very prolific art collector. And he recently opened the Museum of Primitive Art, which had exhibits from like Nigeria and Aztec and Mayan. Yeah, and you're definitely not allowed to call it that you anymore. definitely can't. <laughs> yeah. But Michael was like much more interested with that. And he wanted to seek out his own primitive art. Uh, a term no longer, oh. as I see it, it's no longer in use uh, to non-Western art. <laughs> That's, yeah. They were like, hey, if it's from, in- if it's indigenous, then it's primitive. Yeah, and stinky. Stupid. I think if I remember correctly, the there was a like like Musée des Primitifs in um in Paris for like a lot longer than it should have been called that. Yeah, and then they changed the name, uh, and now it's a lot longer for good reason because it says like the regions that just like it's like not that hard just to like say the region. Yes. but like I remember like reading that and being like, I don't think you're allowed to like call that. No, that. probably not. <laughs> so Michael was like, Daddy, can I just work in your museum, please, Daddy? Yeah, and I love like, art. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we're, we're so rich I don't give a fuck yeah um, you don't have to work at all you can just hang out there yeah if you, if you want to like whatever so here was where Mike Rockefeller was I'm gonna make my mark I'm gonna do my thing Carl Heider who was a friend of his from Harvard said that he want like Michael wanted to do something that hadn't been done before and bring a major collection to New York. That was his goal. So he started traveling extensively, lived in Japan and Venezuela for months at a time, and he craved something new. He wanted to embark on an anthropological expedition to a place few would ever see. So after talking with representatives from the Dutch National Museum of Ethnology, I also don't know if you call that that anymore, but Michael decided to make a scouting trip that to what was then known as Dutch New Guinea which is a huge island off the coast of Australia. I think it's just now New Guinea. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm going to go see these Azmat people and I'm going to see what art they got. Okay. And I'm going to get a bunch of it and bring it back to New York and it's going to be awesome and everyone's going to yeah. think I'm great. <laughs> but by the 60s, the Dutch, like it had been a Dutch colony for like almost a decade. 
and there are a bunch of like colonial authorities there and missionaries and stuff but still despite that most of the Azmat people had never seen a white person ever and they have so as a people they have severely limited contact with the outside world they mm-hmm. believe that the land beyond their island was inhabited by spirits and so then when white people came from across the sea they thought they were like supernatural beings yeah I mean I think it would scare me yeah I was like this <laughs> <laughs> is like pale weird human type person. yeah it would be like as if like a, like a blue person like you, like, so, like a color per, like a, a skin color you had never seen before yeah like just suddenly like Popping appeared up. yeah that would scare me yeah so Michael Rockefeller and his team of researchers and documentarians were thus therefore like a curiosity to this village of Otsjunep which is where they decided to go which is when like one of the major Asmac communities on the island and not a particularly friendly one yeah locals they didn't they had no reason to be no <laughs> no they put up with like the team's photography but they did not allow these researchers to buy their art and poles and art- artifacts and stuff because they were like no we, we use those <laughs> these They're are like, ours like imagine like you're like once again just like imagine you're like pouring like like juice from like a pitcher and then just like some random thing is just like I'm gonna oh that's so pretty I'm gonna take that like stop it I'm taking it from my museum like I'm using that excuse me no but Michael was undeterred and because he was like very because everything had always gone well yes he was like but I but I want it Um, he found what he's like he kind of had like a a fascinating quote unquote violation of the norm of Western society and so he was like more anxious than ever to bring the other white people <laughs> this world but at the time war between these villages of Azmat people were really was really really common and what they would what they like to do is to take the heads of their enemies and eat them uh, mm. and then they would have these sort of ritual sexual celebrations and bonding rites and mm-hmm. drink each other's pee because you know well I mean it's sterile it's all in a Tuesday <laughs> it's not for me but it is sterile it is sterile yeah Michael in his diary he wrote now this is wild and somehow more remote country than what I have ever seen before so then his so his initial scouting mission was done and he was super energized and he wrote out his plans to create this detailed anthropological study of the Azmat people and display their art even though they were like no thank you so he set out again for New Guinea in 1961, this time accompanied by Rene Wassing, who was a government anthropologist, which is a cool job. Mm-hmm. So their boat is approaching this village, Osjanep, on November 19th, 1961, and a sudden squall churned the water and uh, cross currents got all flippity-woo, and the boat capsized. So Michael and Rene are like clinging to this overturned boat, and they were 12 miles from the shore, which is like a long old way to swim. Uh, but Michael was like, I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna swim there, and jumped into the water, and he was never seen again. But obviously, he's rich and super well politically connected. So the Rockefellers were like, well, no expense, we're gonna find Yeah, gonna that find was not him. gonna be the end of his story. Right, we're gonna find Michael. Yeah. So Uh-oh. with these unlimited resources that they have, they sent out ships and airplanes and helicopters scouring the region to try and find out what happened to him or where he was, maybe. Maybe. Nelson Rockefeller and his wife, that his Michael's parents, flew to New Guinea to help search for their son, and they were unsuccessful. And then after nine days, the 
Dutch interior minister was like, there's no hope of finding him. Um, go away. <laughs> so yeah. they, but they obviously, they, they held on hope because it's their son. And, but then two weeks later, the Dutch called off the research and they like officially said that his death was a drowning, but and uh-huh. he, wouldn't, he would not be found. Right. But this rich little white boy going missing was obviously then a huge media sensation. And rumors started to spread like wildfire in tabloids and newspapers. Some people were like, he must not have been like eaten by sharks. And then someone else was like, no, he's living in the jungle in New Guinea. Uh, he's trying to escape the gilded cage of his wealth. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because how hard it must be. Yeah, come to on, be a rich man. little boy who goes to Harvard. But the Dutch, the Dutch denied all these rumors and they say, we don't know what happened. He vanished without a trace. Leave us alone. Don't come back here, thanks. <laughs> so then in 2014, this is quite a while later, like 70 years, Carl Hoffman, a reporter for the National Geographic, revealed in his book, which was called Savage Harvest, a tale of cannibals, colonialism, and Michael Rockefeller's tragic quest for primitive art, which is okay. where I, which is where I <laughs> pretty on the nose, is where I found most of this research. He revealed in his book that many of the Netherlands' inquiries into the matter resulted in evidence that the Asmat people had, in fact, killed and eaten Michael. So... Two Dutch missionaries on the island, both of whom had lived among the Asmat for years and spoke their language, told local authorities that they had heard from the Asmat that some of them had killed Mike Rockefeller. The police officer sent to investigate the crime that following year, whose name was Wim van der Vol, the Dutch, it's a funny name, van der Vol, came to the same conclusion and even produced a skull that the Asmat claimed belonged to Michael. All of these reports were summarily buried in classified files and not further investigated. And the Rockefellers were told that there was nothing to the rumors that their son had been killed by natives. So why this was like this was when it happened in 1961. Even though so so it had been uncovered. It was uncovered in 2014 that okay. actually they had come back and said, "Oh yeah, the Asmat people totally definitely killed him." <laughs> and here's a skull. And like hundred percent. Like, oh, we're gonna not. We're not gonna tell them. Yeah. Because by 1962, the Dutch had already lost half of the island to the new state of. Indonesia and so they feared that if they couldn't if it was like believed that they couldn't control the natives and they were like out there killing white people then they would be quickly white people yeah then they'd be quickly ousted from Dutch New Guinea oh they weren't doing a good enough job being colonialists (laughs) they're bad (laughs) colonialists so Carl Hoffman decides to investigate these 50-year-old claims and he starts by traveling to Ostrinup himself, which I was like, damn, that's brave. Yeah. He posed as a journalist documenting the culture of the people and his interpreter overheard a man telling another member of the tribe not to discuss the American tourist. And so he's like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, at Hoffman's urging, the interpreter asked who the man was and he was told it was Michael Rockefeller. He learned that it was common knowledge on the island that the Asmat people of Ostrinup had killed a white man and it should not be mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> he also learned the killing of Michael Rockefeller was a reprisal in its own right. In 1957, which was three years before he first went there, a massacre occurred between the two Asmat tribes. So this Ozjanep is this one village, and then Omaz Decep is another one. And uh-huh. they killed each they each killed dozens of each other's men and like war leaders and stuff. And so the Dutch colonial government, having only recently taken control of the island, because remember they've only been a colony for like 10 years, attempted to put a stop to this violence, and they went to be like, okay, 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 <laughs> okay. But what they did instead was just open fire. Mm. <laughs> And uh, so, and they ended up killing like four of their like 
kind of like higher up men in the like hierarchy of this village. Okay. So there was that within that context that this Austrian tribesman stumbled upon Michael Rockefeller as he like got to shore. Yes, yeah, went <laughs> yeah. to shore. So according to the Dutch missionary who first heard the story, they initially they thought he was a crocodile. Fair. Yeah. And then as he drew closer, they recognized him as a twan, which is a white man, and uh, like Dutch. Uh-huh. And so the men he encountered, unfortunately, the men who met him on the beach were the sons of those who had been killed by the Dutch. Oh, and yeah, so, that's rough. Yeah. So then one of them reportedly said to the others, people of Ostrinet, you're always talking about headhunting twans. Well, here's your chance. Yeah. Kill this white boy. Um, and they did. They speared him and killed him, cut off his head and ate his brain, and then cooked and ate the rest of him, and turned his thigh bones into daggers and his tibias into fishing spears. Eww. I mean, at least, you know, like, waste not, what not. Yeah, no, he's really become... He's he, the whole Rockefeller. <laughs> he became of the culture in a way that I, perhaps he was not anticipating. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. much more than a museum, maybe. He became the artifact. He became the artifact. <laughs> oh, that's so dark. Well, they drained his blood and, and danced in it while performing ritual acts and um, homosexual sex acts apparently. Sure. Uh, yeah. And according with their theology, the people of Ostrinet believed that they were restoring balance to the world by doing this uh, because the tribe of the white man killed four of them and now they'd taken re- retribution by consuming the body of Michael. They could absorb the energy and power that had been taken from them. Okay. I see. Yeah. But like it, an internal logic there. Yeah. But it wasn't long before they really regretted that decision because the search that followed Michael's murder was terrifying. None of like never seen a helicopter before never seen an airplane before Mm -hmm. they were all like oh god (laughs) and then the region was plagued by this huge cholera epidemic so they were thought that like the what the the ground was taking revenge on what they had done right like they'd curse themselves yeah yeah um although many capitalism's Though many asthma people told this story to Hoffman, no one who took part in the death would come forward and all simply said it was just a story that they had heard. But then one day when Hoffman was in the village, right before he returned to the US, he saw a man miming a killing as part of a story he was telling to another guy. The tribesman pretended to spear someone, shoot an arrow and chop off a head. Hearing words related to murder, Carl Hoffman began to film, but the story was already over, but he did catch the epilogue and it is on film. This is what the guy says. Don't you tell this story to any other man or any other village because this story is only for us. Don't speak. Don't speak and tell the story. I hope you remember it and you keep this for us. I hope, I hope this is for you and you only. Don't talk to anyone forever, to other people or another village. If people question you, don't answer. Don't talk to them because this story is only for you. If you tell it to them, you will die. I'm afraid you will die. You'll be dead. Your people will be dead if you tell the story. You keep the story in your house to yourself, I hope, forever, forever. I mean, obviously things get lost in translation and there's like different like language rules for different languages. However, the straight English translation of that sounds like it could be from a scene from like what we do in the shadows. It's like, don't tell anyone. Don't tell. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't Don't go to another village. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. It's for you and your house. I hope that you will think about it. I hope that you'll keep it. I hope that you won't tell because don't tell anyone but don't tell <laughs> um that's the story of what happened to michael rockefeller Zim. a pricey little snack yeah that's <laughs> woof i mean look. he became the artifact yeah that is really dark i look like that does it almost feels like some like um uh tales from the crypt stuff like how all of those stories kind of followed this weird like moralistic thing of yeah. just like somebody's coming and doing something that's kind of like medium bad and then something big bad happens to them <laughs> really big bad happens like well he shouldn't have done medium bad yeah so 
well. really shouldn't have done a medium bad, but just yeah. to be like, give me your jug. Give yeah. me your picture. I want to put it on in, on, in display. Yeah, I don't see you as a person. And then they're like, well, I don't see you as a person either. I see you as a snack. Yeah, you a pricey little snack. You a little snake. Yeah. I'm gonna... But then they got then they got mega cursed. They did. So that's yeah. rough. I think maybe they, it was the bathing in the blood that was a little bit too far. <laughs> well, I just mean like, like, you know, when you read like old texts and they talk about like, like a, like a curse will come upon you and like you will like uh, lose your firstborns and there will be horrors from the sky like yeah to be like that's what a, a helicopter and cholera are basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I find helicopters absolutely frightening how do they work don't explain don't explain you, I can't know I can't know <laughs> and I won't like I get how like I get how like the fan pushes air down and yeah. then that pushes helicopter up but how do you steer a helicopter bonkers 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 insane anyway because, uh, sent you to your personal phone because I am using two computers and I got confused that a uh, picture uh, a little chilling picture of the first his first visit where he's among them um, his his soon to be and little do they know yeah his little do any of them know soon to be consumers oof yeah so careful any- guys if you want to collect some art don't <laughs> don't just don't are there any uh, modern day Rockefellers? Like, are they still out here being Rockefellers? Fucking around? <laughs> being ever so rich. I mean, there must yeah. be. Rockefeller family. Let's find out. Well, it's like how uh, Taylor Swift dated a Kennedy for a while. And then I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. They're still like, they're not doing what they were doing back in the day. But like, they're still out here, like amassing wealth. Yeah. Letting it just pile up, pile up. Yeah. Because they got to have some of that compound interest accounts from like 1913. <laughs> yeah. You want to do that thing where your money makes more money. <laughs> Rockefeller now. <laughs> Who's a Rockefeller? Who's a know. Rockefeller? Who's a Rockefeller? I mean, oh God. Well, because like also like isn't Anderson Cooper like secretly a member of like an old school wealth family? Well, but like look, they changed their names. Rothschilds, right? Is it Rothschild? I think so. Let's find out. Um, that's Silver Fox. Oh, uh, he's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Yes, he's a Vanderbilt. Also Dutch, right? Yeah, Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah. And then there's powerful. the Gettys. They're super super wealthy. And then of course the Sacklers, who's the sacklers yeah. suck. If you guys haven't seen anything about, watch the journal of the reports about the op- uh, opioid epidemics. Sacklers are real bad. Damn, I, I forgot that too. Timothy Oliphant is also in the Vanderbilt family. He's so pretty. Oh, is he? Timothy oh, Oliphant? No, I, I didn't know who was in the family. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, Powerful. Yeah. The most prominent modern Rockefeller, David, died in 2017 at the age of 101, and he had a measly three billion. Oh, that is measly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what can you even buy which, with that? Most of which uh, he put into philanthropy because like, that was the big thing about like the old school billionaires, <laughs> like the Carnegies and the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts. They did like rather than try and send themselves to space for no fucking reason, they yeah. like built museums and schools and universities and or name their child suggested password. Or name their child suggested password. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Chip. You can be on the couch with me, but you have to be good because I'm about to do my topic. Oh, he is being good. Very good. Chip yeah. is has is just enamored <gasps> with Chelsea. Hi, sweetie. He's got his head in my lap. That is very sweet. Bubbles. Okay. All right. Are you ready to go on this adventure? I'm ready. Please take take me there. Take her there. It's nighttime. And True. you are at oh yes, I love a dinner, dinner you party. Get me to visualize. I okay. know. 
Okay, so you're in a dinner party. I'm in a dinner party. Hang on. It's beautiful. You know how, like, Jesus and his boys would sit at one long table? (laughs) Yeah. You're at one long table. All all on one side? You're on one long table. I can't guarantee they're all one side, (laughs) but it's because there's literally hundreds of people there. Oh, Zam. Okay. No, this is like like some ritual shit. But But one table? Yeah. Okay. But y'all are feasting. Well, it's like the length of the building, and you're in this big two-story building. Wow. Okay. Y'all are feasting. You are drinking wine like it's water, right? Right, you're doing Yum. like a reverse Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you don't even know that because it's like 500 BC. BC. Uh, yeah. So you're drinking you're drinking wine, you're eating good snack, uh, and you're enjoying the night's entertainment. What, what is it? The dancers? Uh, it is not dancers. Oh. It is horses, cows, donkeys, pigs, a dog, don't tell Chip, and even some humans uh, are being brought in one by one and having their throat slit in the middle of the oh. <laughs> of the courtyard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. Uh, That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then their blood pours, you know, to the ground, and yeah. then their bodies are left, and it's a, it's an offering to the gods. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You gotta. Uh, so, so the the last sacrifice is is sacrificed. The wine is is done. The food is. The wine is dry. Yeah. The the wine is drunk. The food is eaten, and then you and all your friends get up and you start grabbing torches and you set the building on fire oh yeah it's very um uh ariasta <laughs> oh yeah you you burn you burn your temple to the ground oh. and then for the next several days you bury the embers the courtyard the remaining structures whatever remained after the yeah. fire uh you burn it down and you put fresh earth on top of it and then if it's early enough in this in this city's world you know that you're just going to do it again you're going to build it again yeah you're going to build it again to do it all over again Unless it's the last time. Because if you're a member of the lost city of Tartessos, then you do this and you walk away and history never finds where you go. What? Yes. Tartessos? Tartessos, which is a city I had, I was like, I have to make sure I say this correctly. I have to make sure that I say this correctly. Well, kind of. So let's get into that. Okay. So Tartessos, which I had never heard of uh, until reading this article from Gastro Obscura, because I love their articles. If you don't read Gastro Obscura, start. Is that the same thing as... It's Atlas Obscura's, like, uh, sister site. And so they do a lot of stories that are kind of, like, based around food, which oh, I cool. find very interesting. Um, and this one, it's less... It's, like, it's a, it was a very tangential connection that they made to food. It kind of seemed like they just wanted to talk about Tartessos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I appreciate it because I had never heard of this. So Tartessos is not Greek. Oh. It's actually Mediterranean. And it is one of the most technologically advanced civilizations from the Bronze Age okay. uh, to have completely disappeared entirely mysteriously to the point where up until very recently, like the 20th century, most scholars thought that it was mythical like Atlantis. They called it like the Atlantis of the Mediterranean. Oh, uh, wild. Yeah. They thought it was a mythical city and mostly what they had were references to Tartessos from Greek scholars of the same time period, hence it having like a Greek sounding name. Because ah, like that's the only thing okay. they had to like refer to it. Right. Uh, the Greeks would talk about it as being related to like the Phoenician peoples, which would be more of like in like into the Middle East. Right. Um, but like that Turkey, they were that kind of. Yeah. Or like technically like 
Lebanese, like modern okay. Lebanon was originally part of Phoenicia. Represent. Um, yeah. But they, but the Greek scholars say that Tartessus was an important trading partner of Phoenicians. Thus, the distinction means that they were not part of the Phoenician Empire. Right. Okay. So, so starting around the 9th century BC, which would be 900. Yeah. No, 1000. I'm so bad at that. I know. It really is really hard. <laughs> Everybody started to get real fucking into bronze. They were like <laughs> bronze, tin, silver, like all the like precious metals. They started getting really, really into bronze. Hence Bronze Age. Right. Yeah. And this area where Tartessus, we now know it is, which was in the Iberian Peninsula, which is a fancy way of saying like the peninsula that has Spain and Portugal in it. Okay. Yeah. That's where Tartessus was. Tartessus was also the name of the river that went through there that like that emptied out into the uh, Strait of Gibraltar, which uh-huh. is like that tiny little space in between the bottom of like Spain, Portugal and the top of Africa, of okay. the African continent. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? They get mm-hmm. real close to each other. Yeah. Um. So the river, the, I'm just trying to kind of like point out where it was. The river um, flowed into there and then that's where this big city was. And it was super technologically advanced because they had an insane amount of bronze and tin. So they developed mining technology that was centuries ahead of the rest of the world. Whoa. And that is why Greece would write about them. That, like, that's why it became important to like other major <laughs> civilizations like the Greeks and the Phoenicians is mm-hmm. they would call it the pyrite belt. It had silver, gold, copper, tin, and to a lesser extent, iron, and a fuck ton of bras. Bra- nice. B- not bras. Bronze. And <laughs> just so many bras. In fact, <laughs> Tartessos is the only civilization outside of the Middle East that's mentioned in the Old Testament of the Bible. Really? Yeah. So, you know, they're all talking about like, oh, Galilee, or I don't know where they're talking about, but they're talking about like places <laughs> in like in, in and places. around Israel. Yeah, yeah, there are places. But in um, Babylon. Babylon, if you will. Uh, but in two <laughs> Chronicles 921, they say, uh, for the kings, meaning so- Solomon, King Solomon, for the mm-hmm. king's ships went to Tarshish, Tartessos, mm-hmm. uh, with the servants of Hiram. Once every three years, the ships of Tarshish used to come bringing gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. Oh, that's right? nice. <laughs> Other texts also mention Tartessos at that time. Uh, one collection of texts is called On Marvelous Things Heard. And it was by <laughs> Aristotle, uh-huh. we think. So, you know, just like a little guy named little guy named Aristotle. Was, was it Aristotle that also wrote about Atlantis or was that someone else? I forget. Anyway. I mean, probably. Aristotle was out here right. Oh, yeah. And if we know one thing about Aristotle. <laughs> he has a lot of things to say. <laughs> he's got some things to say. And he wants to tell you about marvelous things he's heard. <laughs> which feels very Twitter. It's like an overheard at yeah. but like the like I hear the classical version uh, it is said it is this is the quote from On Marvelous Things Heard by Aristotle allegedly it is said that the first Phoenicians who said to Tartessos that must be sailed who who sailed to Tartessos took away so much silver as cargo carrying their olive oil and other petty wares that no one could keep or petty receive wares. the silver but that on sailing away from the district they had to make all their other vessels of silver and even all the anchors. So that was written in such a way. But here's what I think it means. <laughs> they got so much silver from Tartessos that they had to, in order to bring it all back, they had to uh, reconstruct their boats out of silver. Like, whoa, that rolls. Right. Like, I mean, I think it's, you know, like, it's like a, it's, it's like, a, look, I have so much silver. In fact, the Greeks have only one surviving record of a king of Tartessos, but they called him Argonthonius, which the first part of that is Argan, Argent, which 
which is the Greek term or the original term, Latin, I guess, term for silver. Oh, um, oh that's why it's A-R-A-U? A-R? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but you're <laughs> right. Whatever you were to say, yes. And uh, it's also why argent is the word for money in French because it's related to Latin. Yeah. yeah. And silver used to be, you know, 80 pieces of silver or whatever. It's A-G. Yes. Argent. A-G. Argent. That's so, cool. I didn't know that. So anyway, so so Tartessos was legendary around the entire like European Mediterranean where there was civilization mm-hmm. that was trading with each other at that time, uh, which would be that kind of whole area. Tartessos was legendary. But then around, like I said, at the beginning, around 500 BC, the city just vanished. And not just like, like when we talk about lost cities, we're often talking about like one of two things. One is that it's a city or a civilization that got assimilated um, yeah. into like a colonizing or em- like a- another empire, in which case there usually is at least some sort of record of that. Or you have sometimes like cities that are lost as some sort of like cataclysmic. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to get to, I couldn't, I was trying to square the difference between cataclysmic and catastrophic, but they both work. <laughs> some sort of like horrific, like, uh, you know, natural disaster. But once again, like there's a geographical or a geological record of that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with Tartessos, it li- it appears as though, like we were saying, that they they did this ritual where they would sacrifice a lot of, uh, they would do a lot of life sacrifices mm-hmm. to the gods. They would have a feast and then they would burn their temple down to rebuild it. And then one day they just didn't do, th- they just didn't do the, re- they did the rebuilding part and then they just didn't keep going. Okay. So that is like the big mystery of Tartessos that people are trying to trying to solve now. So they have two main theories and they have to do with the two main sites that have been found okay. in this area. And once again, these only started to be found starting in 1922. So this is really new. This is like, like if you ever wanted to be, you know, um, Indiana Jones, like this is the stuff that's like actively going on right now is what happened to... Something 2,500 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this 2,500 years ago and they're only just now finding like these sites. That's so, so cool. Yeah. The first one that they found is called Concho Roano uh, and it was the sanctuary that we were just talking about. So it was uh, four sanctuaries actually in a complex. Mm-hmm. Each of them are built on top of the one before. So Whoa. it is like this like ritualistic like burning down and then rebuilding on top. Inside of the site where they've dug down they have found sawbones pots plates and vases um and then they have found evidence that like once uh those things had been thrown like or once those things like had all been kind of like placed so yeah. either it was like in use uh that the main entrance had been sealed and the building had been set on fire so you think this happened five times and then it appears because all of those things there's evidence of all those things kind of being in there and they were like of use uh it appears to have been purposefully abandoned okay okay uh which we've talked about and then there's another nearby site the second site that they have is a uh, Casas del Toronuelo. Okay. Uh, was also abandoned around the same time. Big final c- ceremony, big animal sacrifice, human sacrifice. Same thing. Burned it down, abandoned it. In this one, they found these weird, like, ritualistic patterns with the horse skeletons. Oh. Where they had been put in pairs and they had, like, entwined their skeletons so that their heads were, like, next to each other. Okay. As if they were, like, <laughs> Doing I don't a know. Kiss? Either, yeah, either horses kissing or horses. <laughs> Is like uh, only you know you've heard of only one tiger yeah going for only one horse, <laughs> only one horse. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then what's really bonk, what's really bonkers slash cool, I guess like if you're an archaeologist, this is like the dream, is sealed inside of that sanctuary or that um, you know, temple are all of these artifacts from other civilizations, from Greek mm. and Phoenician and other like Middle Eastern off of the trading. Yeah. Which yeah, it's so it's it's further evidence that like the things that the that are in Greek texts are not referencing a myth. It's true. This was a major trading hub. Because now they have like the physical evidence because all this shit's just in Spain underground. <laughs> the other wild thing is that they have they have obviously their own script. There's like a lot of writing that's survived, but as of right now, it's not been able to be translated because it's not doesn't seem to be related to any other language. Oh, crazy! Uh, or it's not related at least enough to be able to translate it immediately. But what's weird about that is that in those original sources, in this case, not the Greek sources, but Roman sources, uh, Roman contemporaneous scholars say that they don't have their own language that all of their language is received from like their trading partners so if it was all received why why can't we translate it like why is it so different right surely you'd be able to piece it from other languages right Right. so it's it's very very confusing so this is this is like another very strange thing (laughs) um because once again like the the goal of all of these uh these archaeological digs is to try to figure out where this city went right there's uh, what the one thing they've not found is they've not found any evidence of like any kind of war any kind of like colonization or any kind of um like mass catastrophe that must be so frustrating them to have stuff that they can't read yeah and then they have like like, all these texts but they can't read them yet Um, i mean i'm sure they will like look we cracked whatever we whatever benedict cumberbatch was doing in world war ii when he was cracking codes yeah we we cracked that code we gotta be able to crack this code but we haven't yet it's such a good movie i know very sad very sad oh god so another contemporary well i guess not super contemporary but Wait, did you say it was tashish in the tashish Bible? yeah that's where jonah goes before he gets eaten by that <gasps> when he gets whale. in that whale yeah well he went there to trade probably yeah okay um so i guess this isn't a contemporary because he's from like he's from like around jesus era he's like 64 bc so about 500 years after tartessos disappeared yeah but a lot closer to them than we are strabo talks about the Tartessian people and he claims that there is a tribe that now lives where Tartessus was. Mm -hmm. So again, remember that this is like 64 BC. Yeah. So 500 years later, he's like, okay, in the site where Tartessus was, there is now a new tribe called the Tertitani. The Tertitani claim that the Tartessians morphed into these doppelganger-like creatures. And... I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it's very... Basically, Basically, what he is claiming is that through magic, the Tartessians mm. transformed themselves into this entirely different tribe and oh, have like sounds hard and have been like living forever. <laughs> but like that they're like they're like magical oh, beings and that they're like so that, that like for for him the modern day Tartatani are the original Tartessians and that was what they're like their final and they're um, being secret about it. Right. Okay. Uh, which is like a very fun thing to think. In in 64 BC. Like, it's like a very fun, like, like that's, I think that is part of why he's like, wait a minute. Up until 1922, like this was literally like, this was a mythological city. Right. Yeah, that Uh, makes sense. Right. That didn't exist. I mean, maybe like a much more believable thing is that they could be the descendants of the Tartessians. In which case, uh, guys, I figured it out. It's magic. Right. What I'm saying is like, it's, that's, I guess what I'm trying to get at. It's like, it's a very funny, like big joke. Like it's like, or big joke. It's a very funny, big leap to be like, hey, 
hey, there's a tribe that lives right where the Tartessians used to be. And not just with a T. Am I think? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? And it's like magic. And then they're like, yeah, I think so. What are you thinking? Oh, that it's the exact same people and that they morphed into this tribe. And it's like, or they, or over time, or they be. This is who. This is the descendants. So that is that is one leading theory is that the Turtani are the modern day Tartessians. Other theories are that they left um, and were assimilated into other like major cultures mm-hmm. in the region. Yeah. Um, or that they crossed the Strait of Gibraltar and assimilated into some of like the uh, what would then later become like Islamic civilizations uh-huh. in Northern Africa. But no matter what, Tartessos is a mystery that fascinated the Greeks and the Romans the way that like the idea of Atlantis like continues mm-hmm. to like fascinate and inspire us. They wrote about it all the time. Here's another text about Tartessos. This one's from 380. So once again, like 200 years after they disappeared. Uh, Wait, 80 OBC. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. You're right. 380. So 800 years after they disappeared. Yeah. Uh, Avian, Avianos. A, uh, I need all of these things to be easier to say. <laughs> Avianos, who is a, a writer from Carthage. Okay. So now I don't have to say this uh, adjective form of Carthage, which Carthaginian, maybe? Carthaginian? I think Carthaginian. Carthaginian makes a lot more sense. <laughs> so this is a Carthaginian text about Tartessos from 800 years after it disappeared. He writes, it was a great and wealthy city in ancient times. Now it is poor. Now it is small. Oh. Now it is forsaken. <laughs> it has no sex. No, no, no sex. No sex. Now it is forsaken. Now it is a heap of ruins. That's, but uh-huh. that's true. It is. We saw nothing wonderful here except the festival of Hercules but there was such a power in those rites or such glory in a former age da, da, da. was the festival of Hercules the big meal maybe well I think what he's saying is because like this is like a travel narrative uh-huh. like he's like he's a traveler he's like the Anthony Bourdain of 300 AD uh-huh. of True. Carthage so he's traveling around and he goes to this area and he's like this is where Tartessus was and now it's ruins but we had a big party and it kind of ruled yeah and like even in our party you could feel the power of the rites that <laughs> used to be performed here okay when this was tartessos so the cool thing is is that even if you don't even if we don't yet know like what happened to this civilization you can still see tartessian um bronze like they're they had a very distinct way of sculpting bronze and like they would do these um geometric patterns that are unique cool. to Tartessian bronze uh and those have been found because through trade uh right. they they survived so you can find this evidence in some of the great museums that's so uh, cool. and perhaps in the next 20 years or so hopefully uh we will be able to finally solve what happened to the city the riddles we'll the riddles the stuff the riddles so that is the lost city of bronze that is so rad i want to know what happened deeply and i will be following this story because that is oh yeah so bizarre that a place that all these people seem to write about being great and wealthy and huge and enormous that there is no documentation of what happened right well that's the thing is that like i also think it's fun because like we talked about when you talked about atlantis it's always interesting to me when things are myths until they're not yeah you know or like the great squid was a myth until it wasn't mm-hmm. oh, yeah. was, that's yeah. very cool tartessus was a myth until it wasn't and that wasn't was very very recently and so, like, there have even been, like, I'm just reading this now on, like, a different article that I had pulled up from my notes. There are some people who thought that, like, Tartessos, the reason that it disappeared is because it wasn't a real city. It was a memorial city. Like, a city that was just constructed, like, once to oh, memorialize. Weird. And that's why they would do the sacrifices and then burn it down. Uh-huh. And that just, like, the last time they did it was, like, they just 
just stopped, um, which is interesting. Uh, but they think what's what's interesting with this the way they connect is that some people claim that it might be a memorial city for Atlantis. Oh, so then it's like, which obviously there's a lot of people who refute that and say like, no, that's not right because Atlantis isn't real. Yeah, like, or it's it's not real in the way that you think <laughs> it's real. Um, but it's it's very fascinating because like there's a there's a kernel of that that could be very real. It's just like, what if like what we think of as a city is just not relevant 2,500 years ago? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's very much still trying to be solved. I absolutely love that. Um, That's so much animal sacrifice too. If it was a lot of, what's I'm saying? Place. Well, it's like, but it's like, is, yeah, is it a ritual city? Is it the equivalent of how like we build, like, you know, um, not to get like all hashtag sophomore year in college high thoughts, but like <laughs> in like, you know, a thousand years when people are studying like sort of like modern, like 21st century culture, are they going to talk about the way that we would construct like big festivals like oh, right. ACL or, or like Woodstock yeah. or Coachella? Like, are be like, oh, they like, so like they'd build a city in the desert and then yeah. they would like, they would do ritualistic song and dancing. Dancing. Uh, and they would, they would poison themselves uh, with minute amounts of poison with just to, poison. Uh, to have visions and, and, and feel uninhibited. And then they would break it all down again. Like, you, you imagine know. like one day they unearth like a portal a porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> Like, ah, one of the great, one of the great porterhouses. Yes, that's very very funny. Yeah, <laughs> the great city of Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I love that. Would you like some points? I would love some points, actually. Personally, you know how I love adventure. You know how I love a lost city and some archaeology, and how, yes. how I like to get. Oh, and how I like to get Don't Indiana Joneses. Yeah. So that's going to be ten points. Oh right then and there. God, that's ten points. And then I'm going to give you another three points because I just think it was like brilliantly presented and very well researched, and I really enjoyed that. <gasps> Thank you. And then I'm going to. I don't think I've gotten any points to take away. I know that's wild. I know. And then oh, one point for the uh, girl boss update. Thank you for that. Okay, you're welcome. It's going to be that's fourteen. That's fourteen. All right. Would you like some points? I would actually. Yeah. Okay. Let's point. Let's points her up. Well, I think I should give you a bonus point as well because you came in with a fact bang. Oh, thank you. Off you brought, yeah, you brought in like an off the dome fat bang, and that's not easy. It's true. It's true. You know, um, I really liked that you were able to bring in billionaires, which I do think is. It's like Titanic is the is the light and then is the light like recurring theme of the podcast and billionaires are like the unfortunate dark recurring yeah. theme of the podcast where they just keep coming up. They keep, keep, uh, but keep we on don't back. like them. No, we don't. Um, and so I really appreciated that. And I am going to give you like a begrudging, but like I will give you like four <laughs> points for that. So once to recap, it's one point for the fact bang, four points begrudgingly. Yeah, for the evil begrudgingly of for billionaires. But like, look, we played in a space. We talked about the names. We talked about the people. Um, <laughs> I appreciated that. Uh, I liked traveling. I liked going to an island. I liked that there were people at that island. I liked that they were afraid of white people. Mm-hmm. And I will be giving 10 points for a fear of white people. That's fair. Um, and then, you know what? I know that it is still September, but I think that it might be... Nope. I think it is still going to be September when this episode comes out. Yes. Yes. But it will be so close to October. Mm. Spooky. And it was that spooky. Yeah, that is. And spooky. the story was spooky. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been trying to get in a silly, spooky mood. <laughs> a goofy, silly, spooky mood. Yeah, I've been trying to get in like a silly, little spooky, goofy mood. <laughs> and so for bringing that energy, which I greatly appreciate, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you another four points. Wow. Oh, my God. I'm trying to do math in my head. It's 19. Boom. Damn. Boom. I should have taken some away, but that was my fault. Well, that was hashtag my sacrifice. Here on my score sheet that um, still ends at 14 and then picks back up at episode 29. <laughs> sure. You are in the lead with 200 points. Round flat. Oh, okay. At first I thought you meant that I was 200 points ahead. And I was like, that can't be right. I, I think you messed up your math. 194. Oh, so fuck. We're you're right on my tail. Very close. That's but so I spooky. I also still haven't done it, but I will. That's also spooky. That's also spooky. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. <laughs> what? Chelsea, where can people find you? People can find me at Chelsea Harfouche wherever internets are sold. Wherever they're at? Yeah. yeah. If there's an internet, you can find me there. Nice. And you can find me at Ellie Main on Instagram and Ellie Mainy on Twitter. And you can find this podcast at WhatPod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, Redbubble. And our website is those two girls.club. Have a wonderful week. And I don't know, maybe go and learn something. You know, maybe if you're Michael Rockefeller, <laughs> you might want to. You might want to keep it loose. Keep it tight. Say your prayers at night. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I didn't feel good about that one. <laughs> I feel Poor bad Michael. for that guy. Yeah. Woo.